Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Witcher Lorecast, where we take a look into the vast universe of the Witcher, such as the games, books, shows, and so much more. Welcome back, Witchers, to another episode of the Witcher Lorecast, and I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria, and always with me is Toasty. Toasty, how you doing? Am I not your good buddy this week? You are. You're always my good buddy. <laughs> well, you didn't say good buddy this time. Ben is mad at me after last week. He's holding a grudge. <laughs> no, I don't hold grudges. I only hold grudges in the workplace, and this is not a workplace. It kind of is. Kind of, but not. Kinda is. Hey, it is and it isn't. It's a That's fun true. workplace. It's not That's my day fine. job. <laughs> it's the workplace you actually want to be at. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but where are we heading this week? Uh, we're going to wrap up the deity part of the Pantheon. Um, there's still a few other things to talk about um, with the Pantheon. But so the rest of the deities or gods or however you want to refer to them. So um, today we will be covering... Quite a few, but it's not as they're not quite as in depth as like some of the ones we did last week. Um, right. But we have Morgan, uh, Nihalini, Paraplet, Sedna, Telowell, Ouroboros, Veopathis, and Verna. Awesome. These are some fantasy ass names. They, are, yes. They it's... really, like, I, I was like, this is some fantasy ass names right here. Veopathis, yeah. fantasy ass name. So. At least, I, hey, at least I know like one of them to an extent, which is Ouroboros. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We probably are somewhat familiar with Morgan. Maybe not in the Witcher sense, but we'll get to that. Are we talking about like Dragon Age? <laughs> no, no, not that one. Well, I know about that one. I don't know anything. I don't know a lot about Dragon Age. I know about Morgan. <laughs> But, you know, I would hope. <laughs> as as I mean, no one's surprised by this information. They know me well enough at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, we speaking of, that is who we're starting off with. Um is Morgan. Now Morgan is specifically a uh deity from the Witcher Thursdays content. So we're we're touching back on this. Um, you still need to look that us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, really, we do. There's, there's two deities from the Witcher Thursdays content that are in this uh, today. Um, 
But starting with Morgan, who is the patron for Magic, War, and Phantoms, uh, who is worshipped by both the Nordlings and the Aenshi. Um, her symbols are the Raven and Sycamore Leaves. Uh, she's popular among inhabitants of Dol Angra and the surrounding areas, uh, with her religious center being in Gwydberg. Um, Morgan, also called the Lady of the Ravens and known in elder speech as Mori Rigan, is a Nordling goddess of elven origin. So another uh, elven goddess making its way into the the overall pantheon, just which is pretty cool. Mm. So uh, a bit about the history of her. Uh, since ancient times, the intersection below the holy sycamore of the Gwyd Mountain has been considered as a seat of unnatural power, thought by Anshi elves to be an incarnation of Mori Regan. This nord. When Nordlings reached the area, they adapted elven beliefs and built a castle on the mountain around the sacred tree. Apart from the castle's rulers, it became a seat of priestesses of Morrigan and the center of her cult. Many religious writings were produced here, and the sanctuary became a destination of pilgrimages. The situation changed around the late 1250s when Countess Aelin of Gwydberg banished the last of the priestesses, Vela, because the latter accused Aelin's husband, Constans, of an content warning or sexual assault of uh, raping her. Uh, unconsciously, Vela cursed the castle, and when the sycamore heard her plea, uh, no, sorry, and the sycamore heard her plea. In a dis disastrous storm, the fortress was severely damaged and ravens started to attack the inhabitants, forcing them to flee. The sole residence of the former sanctuary became Priestess Vela and cursed Aelin's daughter, Iola of Gwydberg. Gwydberg remained a ruin until early 1270s when it was reached by two expeditions, one led by Kala of Gwydberg, Queen Cyrilla's vassal, and another by merchant Bruno Mesmer. Members of the latter discovered that the Sycamore was in fact a prison of an otherworldly, otherworldly entity trapped here millennia ago. Interesting. So, I mean, the curse is similar to how... Um, oh, shoot, what's her name? The queen, uh, the princess that becomes Estriga. Uh, Anna, oh, uh... Princess Anna. Anna? Yeah, yeah. That sounds correct, but also incorrect. I don't know why. Probably just because Anna Henrietta. I'm sure my brain's trying to say that, and it's like, no, that's not. But it like subconsciously you created a curse, and lo and behold, bad things happen. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, might I like Queen's Cirilla's vassal? Yeah, because what is the twelve seventies? What I mean, what it's after it's after Witcher three because Witcher three is in like the what twelve fifty? Uh twelve seventies is the Witcher game series. Oh, so okay. About the same time, from the sounds of it. Okay, it, I mean I it's. Think. I mean, which I'm I'm literally just looking at the. Um, freaking witcher thursdays on the wiki for witcher yeah and it's a legitimate thing if you're in poland 
because it's mm-hmm. only a Polish. It's a literally an add-on that they did for the Witcher TTRPG from Artosorian, only in Polish. Yeah. <laughs> so. so. So I'm looking. Twelve sixty-seven is the major events in Blood of Elves, Time of Contempt, and Baptism of Fire. Um, so those take place there. Twelve sixty-eight is when the Lady of the Lake takes place. Um, Twelve sixty-nine. Uh, nothing really crazy there. Twelve seventy-two says the second outbreak of the Catriona Plague which I believe is a result of helping the if you if you release the plague maiden in the tower right? oh um, she brings around the second I outbreak believe, of the Catriona yes. plague yeah 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 yep. so so or is that the third no i think that's the second i can't remember um but yeah so i think yeah the games take place it seems like about in the 1270s around there. So, okay. So, this is the beginning of the witch hunts, which is also 1272. And the, so, mm-hmm. okay. Because they rather right so start doing all that. So, Witcher 3 is 1273 ish. Okay. It's been a while. Uh, I, I can't remember the years of the Witcher. <laughs> 1276 into the witch hunts. So, yeah, I guess somewhere around there. Uh, cool. So, what was that? I was going to say something of significance. I think, is it Queen Cirilla? Is that the, is that the fake Siri? Would that Ooh. be about the time of fake Siri? Or is that I mean, too, is that too late after that? I mean, it could, I mean, so this is based on the TTRPG. So, I mean, this could be an alternate time of like depending on what your ending was for the witcher 3 that's true this could be just it could like, be actually it's not Siri. canon content yeah um it's specific yeah it's just polish releases so it's not it's not included in official so this may have just been like an alternate mm-hmm. like timeline kind of thing so that's also possible mm. um cult uh, a little bit about that. Uh, not much is known about the elven practices devoted to the deity. When Nordlings adapted Morgan to their pantheon, they built her a chapel on the Gwyd Mountain. Uh, at least one virgin priestess always lived in the castle where she was taking care of the sacred tree, performed rituals for the goddess, and tutored novices as well as the count's children. The cult spread to different regions, but Gwydberg remained its very core. So... Bit of a weird, uh, problematic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah. So, but what do you expect from Morgan? Um, I was also gonna say I I must have not included it. I remember specifically uh, that there was a thing that like this is some sort of like kind like supposed to be uh wait let me make sure i'm not getting the information wrong yeah so uh morgan is mentioned in the world of king arthur the malady by andre sapkowski but only as a goddess in british isles without any suggestion of being worshipped on the witcher continent 
In context of the latter, she's described only in the Glass Mountain scenario, Copernicus Corporation's official Polish material for the Witcher role-playing game, which oh, okay. would be Witcher Thursdays. So yeah, but basically it was in a different Andrzej Sokowski work, uh, and they kind of adapted her over to the Witcher universe. That's fair. I mean, that tends to happen a lot with like role-playing TT part. TTRPGs. If mm-hmm. hey, it's based off of this one author's work. What else can we incorporate from his works? Oh, so. Uh, but that's it for Morgan. Um, next we get to move on to Nahalini, uh, who is the patron for luck and concealment. Uh, is worshipped by Nordlings. Is popular among journeymen, oracles, and seers. Uh. Nihilinia or Nihilini is the goddess of various aspects of luck and fate, thus including divinations, sooth, dreams, and journey. People tend to call her when they are about to set out on the road or are ambushed by bandits while already on the road, are afraid of bad dreams when they wish to reveal or conceal something. While her temples and priests are rather rare, many large cities have shrines devoted to her where people light the can light candles and offer her pebbles from the road. She's generated mo sorry. That's not it's not supposed to be generated. She is <laughs> venerated mostly by journeymen as well as by various farseers, spin doctors, and fortune tellers, either true or fabricators or in between. Alright. Well if you want good luck you need to um Devote yourself to Nahini. Yeah, and pick up pebbles on the road so you can offer them to her, her shrines. Yeah. Um, so she is likely a reference to Nehalinia, a Germanic and or Celtic goddess associated with fog and concealment from Indo-Germanic damp weather, moisture, and help uh, concealing through weather and fog, essentially. So... It's it's cool when they have like a like real world counterpart, I think. Oh yeah. Um, um but more prominently about her though is her artifacts, which we actually come into contact with in the games. Um so or well, at least one of them. You're probably gonna remember it pretty easily once we get there. Uh, but this first one, uh, Nehalinia's Mirror. Uh, so Nehalinia's Mirrors, also known as the Mirrors of Nehalinia, uh, Nehalini were magical artifacts with oracular abilities. Aridia, stepmother of Renfri, and Fredafalk of Craden's second wife, owned such a mirror. Uh, a little passage from The Last Wish. Uh, she came into possession of a rare and powerful artifact, one of Nehalinia's mirrors. They're chiefly used by prophets and oracles because they predict the future accurately, albeit intricately. Aridia quite often turned to the mirror, and it kind of goes off from there. Um, with the usual question, I take it, interrupted Geralt, who is the fairest of them all. I know Nehalinia's mirrors are either polite or broken. Geralt and Stregobor in the, the Last Wish. Ew, I love that. I love. That. I love this. I mean, because because uh, Renfri's a, very poor. Like it's, the what is it like? Kind of the the 
Sleeping Beauty, uh, like fairy tale. This is based off, right? Who's the one with the evil step, like evil queen? That's Sleeping Beauty, right? Um. Oh shoot. Um. Yes. It's been a long while since I watched Sleeping Beauty. Uh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's um. Because it's the quote mirror mirror. Oh no, never mind. That's Maleficent. Then it's Snow White. Snow White. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Magic Man. Yeah, Snow White. Yeah, so. I don't know if it was Sleeping Beauty or not. No. Uh, Sleeping Beauty was poisoned. That's right. Um, yeah, this is yeah. based off of um, Snow White. Because it's yeah. Mirror Mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all. For some reason, I just didn't. I couldn't. I don't know why I didn't think that was Snow, the Snow White story, but I'm not fucking. I'm not fluent in fairy tales <laughs> that and like i haven't watched like the old disney like classic fairy tales mm-hmm. in like over 10 15 years <laughs> so yeah it's been a while i know the witcher equivalents because Geralt quotes it quite often such as well, this and then like cinderella yeah, well, because there's a uh, these are those are all like based off of like brothers like Grimm. The Grimm, yeah the brothers Grimm fairy tales right mm-hmm. which are much more violent which... the original fairy tales which are dark because they yeah, were literally yeah, yeah. meant to scare children mm-hmm. disney then yeah. disney fight them it's like let's make them friendly family um yeah. sure <laughs> yeah so in the witcher one uh in chapter four alina a girl from the village of murky waters is said to have owned such a mirror broken it is not clear if she broke it herself or if it was always broken if she did break it then why she did so, no one knows, but finding the shards and mending the mirror is part of a quest that is required to finish the game. Uh, in the game, the artifact is referred to as a mirror of Nahalini. Uh But there is a second one that is probably much more familiar to uh, the players of the game, the Eye of Nehalini, which is a quest item in The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. This item is an artifact tied to the deity Nehalini and allows Geralt to dispel magic illusions. It is given by Kira Metz during the quest Wandering in the Dark to clear an illusion blocking the exit from the Elven Mage's laboratory. Subsequently, the eye is used for clearing illusions, blocking secret entrances, passageways, cave entrances, or rooms throughout the rest of the game. A much-needed artifact if you're playing the game as a whole, because, my God, you will be using that quite a bit. I think there was a list of, like, 20 to 25 quests that you needed. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. But it's fine. This is a mandatory quest to do, so you'll get it, so. And it's Fairly low level. Mm-hmm. Things and you like, get to hang out with Kira Metz, who... I think it's ironically, like a level six for level seven quest. It's like super low. Yeah. It's ironically, Kira is the most effective mage companion you can... Like, you have to hang around with in the game. Like, whenever you get... Like, like honestly speaking, I don't think Triss and Yennefer are as effective as she is. <laughs> and yeah, it may be because of the I mean, low level nature and like I don't think I don't think the companions like level with you. So like I think by the time you get to Triss and Yennefer with the high level stuff, they like they're just they're all the same level. Over the level they're at. Uh they stay at least stay level to the quest. 
to where, in most cases, your Geralt probably is more likely well over leveled for a lot of the quests. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just funny to me because, like, like out of all of them, Yennefer is obviously the one that's supposed to be the most powerful. Um, but it's just funny. <laughs> I mean, during this quest, Kyrus protects you from the White Frost, which mm-hmm. alone is great. And then when you're fighting, um, oh shoot, what's his name? Um, one of the specters of the uh, one of the writers, the hunt. Uh, she's actually stunning him from time to mm-hmm. time. I was like, oh my god, this actually helps. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. I I always have so much trouble remembering any of their names because yeah, they're all very similar to each other. Yeah, so. Uh, you know, oh well, but yeah, it's uh, regardless, yeah, cool. <laughs> do item. this quest, uh, get the eye, and you can do all the 20 some plus care, uh, quests that you actually need the used eye for because mm-hmm. there's actually a lot of like lower level quests where you need this eye or even scavenger hunts that actually helps. Mm-hmm. There's one specifically with the uh, Griffin School gear. You had to have the I four to uh, get the, I think the chess piece or something like that. I can't remember. I think, there's a, can, I think there's a cat school one too, like the one that's in Novigrad. Yes. You have to like kind of yep. go out the outskirts. I think you have to use the eye to get like yep. uh, through the thing. So yeah, cool. But that is uh, all we have on Nehalini. Um Moving on to Paraplet, uh, who is kind of a questionable one. Um, it's not sure if it's in like this is an officially worshipped one in the games, but it is mentioned in the games, so it's kind of like, um, or uh, it's kind of a we assume so. Um, but anyways, um, priests of this deity are common in Ebbing. They have a wooden temple in Claremont, and while they protest against harming animals in the arena, they do not mind harming humans. At the square in front of the temple, Bonart tortured Siri with his riding whip. The priests did not intervene. There is an area in Ebbing called Paraplet Swamps. It is the name of a god of rivers and dance in Slavic mythology, so it is possible that the uh, Ebbing deity is called Paraplet as well. Basically, like a very loosely mentioned deity doesn't even have like a thing like a domain for itself so i mean that's kind of messed up oh yeah we we don't harm animals we we love animals don't harm them humans ah we don't care like i mean what <laughs> bonart was a scary motherfucker like i mean that's uh, a fair point bonart you don't uh, want to like mess with because he killed multiple witchers and had their medallions hanging from him so and and you know if they're if they're like people that like are pieces of shit like i can understand them being like fair point we're fine with harming these people because they suck like whatever true and in the world of the witcher there is more of that than there are good so there's a lot of people that suck (laughs) there's so many people that suck it's probably a good like 60 percent of the people in the world are like i think that's pretty that's i think that's a that's a generous uh, number for kindness 75 <laughs> it might still be generous but all right i'll let it i'll let, i'll let it slide but yeah um 
people in The Witcher suck. <laughs> at least to Witchers, at least. Because that's the only way we like interact with people as a Witcher. So, yeah, people still suck to the people that aren't Witchers. True, that is true. How how, how many how often do we follow Siri's story and she's just like a girl? <laughs> like, good point. Good yeah, point. that's true. Well, <laughs> with that note, uh, let's take our mid-break real quick, thank our patrons, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. All right, welcome to the mid-break mid of the show where we talk about everything with the podcast that has nothing to do with the lore of the Witcher. Here, we want to thank all of our awesome patrons who support us. Um, thank you so much, and thank you our uh, higher vampire, Jared M., for supporting us every week, who gives a shout-out every week uh, for being a higher vampire. And if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash Witcher Lorecast to get ad-free episodes or even join us once a month on the show itself. Like last week, we had our patron chat. It was very chaotic fun. So, because that's what they all are. And then if you, <laughs> you can also support us on Apple and Spotify. You leave a five-star review on Apple. We read it out loud the next time on the show, as well as a Spotify comment, which we do have a review to read this week. Nice. Let me get to it. Here we are. Uh, from the Cato of the Wolf on Apple Podcast from the U.S., five stars. I will toss a coin to this Witcher indeed. Uh, greeting Witchers, Robot and Toasty. This is a great show that I've been just started. I'm on episode 28 right now, and I enjoy the work very much. This podcast that delivers coins to be tossed to. Stay safe on the path, Witchers. Yeah. And I think, I think, uh, I think. They have also talked in the Discord a bit. Um, obviously, they have not gotten to you yet, Ben. But oh, I know. Eventually, <laughs> eventually. Hey, I they was. Did say they, I was yeah, on the they did say they liked you. Yeah, I was on the. They did say chat. you were cool. Uh, so you know, it, it's you know, you're good. We just gotta give us some time until you're host and not patron, <laughs> right? Um. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you so much, and thank you for interacting in the Discord. I know our Discord channel and the Robots Radio server has been at getting much more comments and people talking in there. A lot of fun, and uh, I appreciate all of you sticking your neck out for me. It's like Brand's great too. <laughs> 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 I appreciate that. Um. Other than that, uh, you can follow find us on the discords, uh, Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net, as well as my own Discord server, the Ben and Friends Podcasting Discord, where you can find all this show and so many other things on both those discords. But I think that's all I got for the mid-break. Do you have anything? Nah. Nah. All right. Let's get back to it. 
You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. All right. Which deity are we at now? Uh, we are moving on to Sedna, uh, the patron god of the sea. Um, so worshipped by Skellige, uh, which makes a lot of sense, of course, but also Nordlings. They were pos- popular among sailors, fishermen, and merchants living off the sea. So Sedna is a dangerous and wrathful lady of the sea. The folk say she commands a significant number of known and unknown sea demons responsible for winds and sea currents. Sedna is worshipped and fearfully respected by all inhabitants of the continent who live off the sea, sailors, fishermen, and merchants. Just after setting sail, they throw money into the waves to gain her favor. They also offer her people and animals who died on board, as well as all those who have committed severe crimes like murder and thievery, or have just brought bad luck to the ship. The goddess does not possess significant temples nor influential priests. Sailors claim that her temple is the sea as a whole. Their seat is thought to be located in the infamous Sedna Abyss. Each time a ship vanishes, sailors from the whole continent think the goddess is mad at humans. All right. Um... So if you have thieves or murderers on their ship, just throw them overboard and have the sea have her. Have them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I love I love a spiteful sea goddess. Uh, I, gotta, I gotta admit. <laughs> that's, that's the whole vibe. I wonder if we'll see any reference to her in Sirens of the Deep. Ooh, that would be cool. That, a, I would the, like that. It's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a seaside village and whatnot. So underwater scenes that mm-hmm. we saw. There's a mm-hmm. ship scene. So probably. I would, cool. th- yeah. I would think. Yeah. Um but that is all we have for her. Not a whole lot. Um so next up is a Telewell, who is also a Witcher Thursday's content deity. Um, so they are the patron god of craftsmanship, honest work, and fire, uh, worshipped by the Nordlings. Uh, surprisingly, not the dwarves, although, you know, that kind of feels like this fits. Um, their symbol is the hammer and tongs, uh, popular among craftsmen and laborers and assimilated dwarves. So, um, we'll have to look it up and see if the dwarves have their own pantheon. Uh, probably I'm, I'm so. sure I'm pretty I'm probably so. I would imagine they do um, mm-hmm. or they just worship something similar to what the elven pantheon is yeah uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised they had like a take on this same deity with like a similar name or something you know right um so Telewell or Teliavel is a Nordling god with a special connection to the eternal fire. He is a patron of craft and everyday honest work. Well, you know what? That makes a lot of sense why the dwarves don't worship this. Yep, because the eternal fire is involved in which screw them. They don't <laughs> like non-humans. Screw them completely. Yep. 
Uh, so, as for their beliefs, the Holy Book describes Telawal as a divine blacksmith who forges weapons in the eternal fire to arm Nordling gods and goddesses, including Kreev's thunderbolts. In regions where Kreev is a popular, or sorry, in regions where Kreev is popular, Telawal is sometimes seen as his aspect or a relative. The this is neat. This neat. Kind of a Hephaestus vibe going on here. Yeah, if your religion was about murderous maniacs. Mean, Worshippers, I mean, sorry. Greek gods are pretty murdery, you know. That's true, too. Go yeah. watch uh, Percy's Jackson. You'll you'll find all that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Telewell's clergy practice the pray and work doctrine, ora et labora, combining praying and working in their service. The temple grounds tend to contain gardens and workshops where priests and acolytes pursue active meditation by crafting and gardening. I think that's kind of neat. Um, priests of Telawell often participate in charitable work for the poor and those in need. Some of them even visit prisons and pillories in order to teach the honest and humble ways of their volcanic deity. I'm going to be honest. That's what surprises me. Mm-hmm. Like... The associate with the eternal fire. I have yet to see the eternal fire do anything of that sort. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, it's it's like a. I see it as a belief taken from the eternal fire, but may not like be quite as like. It just incorporates the eternal fire into it. Okay, that's fair. You know, something like that. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but that is all we have for Telewell. Um. And after that, we have Ouroboros, which might be a familiar name. Um, so we don't actually know a lot about Ouroboros. Um, not a lot of information on them. Uh, we do know that they have a particular artifact, and that is a, something that would be much more familiar to people who have played the game. Um, but as a bit of a extra bit of info, uh, because there is a deity uh, slash symbol from world, real world mythos uh, that is Ouroboros. Um, and that is an ancient symbol depicting a serpent or dragon eating its own tail. The Ouroboros entered Western tradition via ancient Egyptian iconography and the Greek magical tradition. It is it was adopted as a symbol of Gnosticism and Hermeticism, and most notably in alchemy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I believe in The Witcher, I think it's supposed to be the same idea. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Um, but like I said, we don't know a whole lot of Witcher information about the Witcher deity, but we do know about the Mask of Ouroboros, uh, which is a quest item in the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Uh, so Geralt and Yennefer find it during the main quest. The king is dead, long live the king, at which point Yennefer borrows it to find out what happened to Ciri and Skellige. During the next main quest, Echoes of the Past, she gives it to Geralt to use at the site of a cataclysm where she suspects Ciri was. Once the mask has been used, it becomes the broken mask of Ouroboros. Because Jennifer steals things and just breaks everything. She really, like, just, like, fucks up a whole lot of shit in Skellige, bro. Oh, like, honestly. 
the and, mask, the garden. I wonder why no one in Skellige likes her. Hmm. Hey, it's fine. When yes. you look like that, you can do what you want. Sure. Okay. I don't know if I can, you know, lenient. Um, the the mask of Orboros. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. It breaks after you trying to like save your adopted daughter. I get that. But reanimating the dead and defiling an entire garden. Look, the thing I is, mean. right? The thing is, is I will <laughs> always support. Look, hey. This is the Witcher podcast. We support women's wrongs. Um, <laughs> specifically, Yennefer's wrongs. Um, but the thing is, Mask specifically is her trying to find out information uh, about Siri because she has reason to believe that this whole site was had to do with Siri. And you know what? She's correct. She's right. Um, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Also, in the, the garden is specifically... Her finding the body of the person that they were specifically told was the one person who, like, interacted with Siri uh, the most whenever she was here before. And the only way to get that information out of him is to reanimate him. Sure, there's a heavy cost to it, but Yennefer literally does these two awful things for her daughter. And I think there's a lot of mothers out there that would say there's they're willing to do like an untold number of like bad things for their children. And that, I'm just saying. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I think it's justifiable. <laughs> um, also fun fact, the Ouroboros is also heavily used in the elder scrolls. So go listen to Tom's elder scrolls podcast. They go over that stuff. Hmm. Because ESO's uh, emblem has been Ouroboros for 10 years that keeps changing because of the different expansions they have. That's great. <laughs> uh, cool, yeah. I don't know a whole lot about Elder Scrolls stuff, so... I know too much. <laughs> I'm aware I know, of that. I, I, don't, I know too much of all the fandoms I'm in, so... That's fair. That's fair. I do not because my brain doesn't retain information as much as I would like. Hey, fun fact though, they did did a, they do did do a study that everybody who's played Pokemon from like the 90s has some part of their brain that is specifically stores all the po- uh, all the information from Pokemon. Hmm. That's cool. It's like, oh, that makes sense. That's why I have like most of the Pokédex memorized from like <laughs> Pokemon Emerald. That's fair. That's fair. But now we move on to Veopatis, um, who is a patron for rivers, fish, and sailing. Um, so a bit, uh, a bit more of a, I think, benevolent god than Sedna in a similar domain. Um, they're worshipped by priestesses and witches, uh, and its religion religious center is the Pontar Valley, which we know is one of the most uh, abundant uh, like areas on the continent. And contested. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so 
Veopontus is worshipped on the wider continent. Uh, some scholars stipulate that the Dalk and Wolsker religions contributed to the creation of the cult, as many of their beliefs are still instilled into it. Um, we saw this similarly with... Uh, fuck, who was it? There was another deity that was like this. I can't remember the name. Uh, damn. It wasn't in this. This it was in a different episode. I think it was last okay. Week. Uh, shoot, yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. Hmm. I gotta find out now because I've already said it, and I can't look like a moron. Uh, 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 uh. Was it? See, th- that's what happens when there's like fourteen deities for one pantheon. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And none of their names are easy to remember. Yeah, that's fair. I maybe it was in the first one because it was not last week. Never mind. I'm not going back that far. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> go listen to part one, then you can find out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so we actually do have a journal entry about Veopathus from The Witcher Two: Assassins of Kings. Um, which is Veopontus, a forgotten god of the Pontar Valley, is still worshipped in certain forest settlements, but the times of his greatness and popularity are long past. A few priestesses and witches make offerings to him, yet no common folk wish to take part in their rites. In the era of human colonization, Veopontus was a guardian god, often associated with rivers from which humans drew benefit. He guarded people from the dangers of the forest, Poles bearing his likeness marked the border between areas that had been tamed and those that remained wild and dangerous. Veopathus gave people fish, made sailing easier, and his name was used to ward off beasts. Yet he remained petulant and fierce. In these times, if those wandering through the woods came across stone idols with gaping jaws, they believed them to be the likeness of the likenesses of fierce monsters rather than statues commemorating a once loved deity. So he was kind of childish, uh, a I little can, aggressive. But I can see why he's forgotten. He's still guardian, you know. I guess. I guess if it's not as big of a problem, it's hard to forget Sedna. If the storm, if like storms keep fucking capsizing boats, and they're just like, oh shit, she's pissed again. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good point. If she's the Bermuda Triangle, it's hard to forget about her. <laughs> yes. Um, so a bit of, uh, like information, uh, about, uh, I'm assuming this is pronounced the same way, but it is spelled with a J rather than a Y. Uh, Veopontus is the name of an ancient God of the Lithuanian pantheon. The blue stripes use Veopontus's altar to train on knife throwing much to the locals dismay. Uh, and Anezga, the herbalist in Lovenden, used to be a priestess of Veopata. Veopathus. All right. So, yeah. Um, and finally, a small little bit about our final deity, uh, Verna. Uh, so many people living in Velin worship a deity called Verna the Merciful. Whose shrines are often desecrated by blasphemers trying to make a point, like in the quest Defender of the Faith. Which I uh, would say is a very annoying quest because it has you running around all of Velen for these three freaking shrines to just put back up. 
and find out they're being desecrated <laughs> by freaking humans who were a complete joke. Mm. Uh, a bit a, a bit of extra information is that she might be based on Laverna, the Catholic Roman goddess of refugees and thieves. Her name is shared with Laverna, a sanctuary established by St. Francis of Assisi atop the ruins of the goddess's ancient temple. Oh, bit of a real world mythology that gets pulled there. So awesome. That's cool. I mean, I, I just realized after we got just got done, this is like probably the only this is the, the only North and uh, Nordlane Pantheon episode where none of the deities we went over are complete a holes. <laughs> it's fair. I mean, you know, it's they're, arguable. Well, they're not it's arguable for a few, but they're like, not categorized as evil, quote unquote. Yeah, that's true. They're just think- standard deities. Sedna yeah. can be like, yeah, Sedna can be a complete ass, but like, it's the sea. Yeah, the sea is expected to be like, quote from uh, Percy Jackson, the sea does not like to be tamed. Yep. Which is one of my favorite Percy Jackson quotes, like in the entire franchise. And I will say, if no one's watched the new Disney Plus show for Percy Jackson, it just finished up for the season one. It was really good. Yeah, I give it an 8 out of 10. Hey, there's a better score than IGN. They gave it a 7. I just... Again, there was a couple things where I was like, mm, you know... So, this is from me. I say it's good, but this is... But I, I Shockingly enough, I haven't read the Percy Jackson series. So, I don't ah. know much of the differences that they changed in the lore... For the show, so I like I it. like a lot of the changes. I think they're Disney-fied a couple because you know, like I don't the Disney show game. I don't think is like merits being fucking killed. Uh, whereas the book one definitely, definitely deserves to be fucking turned to stone. But in the the show, it's kind of like he's just kind of a doofus that's a jerk. Um, not a great guy still, but it's not like, like, you know, put him in jail. I don't think, not like turn him to stone. I don't know personally. I think that they Disney fight him and made him a little too comedic, whereas he's like actually like kind of like a significant problem. Um, also, I just, I'm a little curious where the budget went because it doesn't feel like it had that high of a budget. And this, season had the same budget as Mandalorian season two and we know how that looked yeah. the same budget where did that go <laughs> yeah yeah I know I'm a little like I'm assuming because... that a lot of it a lot of money had to be invested in like extra measures for having child actors that's the only explanation well, that I can and they're using more real world location Rather than Mandalorian, they're using a lot of... I mean, they're using real-world locations, but not, like, city-wise. They're really not... Most of it's filmed in Vancouver. No, that's surprising. They, I think the only one... I think, as far as I am aware, the only place that they went that's, like, not Vancouver was St. Louis um, to, like, a college that had a 
replica of the arch. They didn't actually go to the arch. They used like a college project, like a college campus's project uh, replication of the arch. Oh, well, there you they go. did. So they did oh. film it. Like the outside part, I think they took images of, but everything uh, else, okay. like the New York skyline is wrong. <laughs> the St. Louis see, skyline is also wrong. Uh, like that's, that's a common thing that people talk about because uh, like there's, it's obviously Vancouver for most of it, but they like added in the like significant landmarks. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I didn't notice that. So I wouldn't either. I just listened to a podcast that where they like went in depth over it. And one of, and for the St. Louis episode, they specifically had a St. Louis resident who was like, yeah, that wasn't correct. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, yeah uh, go watch Percy Jackson. It's fun. It's great. Um, but be excited for The Witcher. Witcher season four is going to start uh, production and like start like filming here shortly in the next couple months. We'll see what happens. Yep, we'll see. Uh, I'm stuck watching it regardless. So, <laughs> gonna have a lower budget Geralt. Probably a lower budget overall. Yeah, but changes. we got Lawrence Fishburne, and that's cool. Changes in the story that will probably make no sense whatsoever. But hey, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> assuming Lord, assuming Lauren, Lawrence Fishburne doesn't like pass away because there's been a fucking curse this past I, two years. Uh, don't get me started. Being in the Star Wars fandom, be doing a Star Wars podcast. Um, we just lost a phenomenal actor this past week and i Mm -hmm. i i it hurt hurt me because like if you seen like rocky or even like just watching the mandalorian we lost carl weathers sadly Mm -hmm. um uh he died of old age um and you might know him as you know oh shoot um grief cargo for mandalorian grief cargo for mandalorian um Mm -hmm. and he's also in rocky he's like rocky's like rival yeah um, I mean, yeah. my thing is just because it's like it was Lance Reddick, then it was uh, I can't or remember no, his name. He wasn't he wasn't Rocky's rival. I think he was his train. He was his trainer. That makes sense. I haven't watched Rocky, uh, <laughs> but it was, I mean, it started with Lance Reddick, which was you know it was really cool to see. Probably the last thing, like the last project he worked on recently with the Percy Jackson stuff. As yeah, his, he he played Apollo Creed. Okay. And then yeah, him and the guy him f- and Rocky fought each other. That's what they they rivals. Yeah, and then the guy from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember the actor's name, but like it was like that. And the the Carl chief. Weathers. Yeah, and I I had a scare the other day because of some friends of mine were talking about like you know that and with like with Carl Weathers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and like straight up like they had like a mix up uh, of uh like like what they were talking about. So I just came in post and saw like, like messages and like, I saw one of the messages I saw was like all caps, like, like, uh, so this one, Keith David, uh, passed away or whatever. Question mark, question. And it was like, wait, what? And I was, I was terrified for a moment. Um, oh my gosh. Cause I was like, man, what is this fucking era of like all of the, like, prominent uh, actors that a lot of older, us grew up with and like you're just yeah. now yeah it's a sad time but hey let's end this on a good note um it's a witcher lore cast we well 
fair point. <laughs> it's fair. But um, before we head out, Toasty, tell everyone else what you're working on. Uh, you can catch me doing the Cyberpunk Lorecast, uh, as well as the Cyberpunk Red Live Play podcast, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk Apostrophe D that I do with the uh, Fumbling Four and Almighty Crit Gang, which is coming up on its finale. Ooh, it's getting it's getting up there. Uh, so and that'll be it. So there won't be any more Cyberpunk, unfortunately. Oh no, you guys should totally do a Witcher one. I'm, they would make me DM that, and I'm not. That's oh, that's, that's a complex system, bro. <laughs> it is. It's a if, lot. If no one's looked at the TTRPG for The Witcher, combat is like the most complex system. <laughs> no, it's not the most complex system. No, it's not played, most complex. But, but it's, it's a lot. It's com- there's a it's lot, a lot of it. nuance to it that makes yeah. it a little difficult. Yeah, uh, because you so. hit specific body parts. Mm-hmm. And each body part has its own HP gauge and all this stuff and accuracy and all this stuff. It's 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 weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, if anything, I've seen people just turn it down to a standard like D and D five E style combat to where it makes it a little bit easier. But uh, you can all you can find me on my other shows: the Holocron Histories, Star Wars uh, Legends, or Canon versus Legends, uh, the Final Fantasy Lorecast and the Wizarding World Lorecast, all part of Robots Radio. And go check me out live on twitch.tv slash Ben of Tamaria, where I stream those three shows to where you can help me get affiliate. I am at now over the 2.0 of viewers out of three that I need to be affiliate. So I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Nice. So go help me out. It'll be great. It's a lot of fun. Uh, chime in you can just lurk or ask questions we'll answer questions live so um Mm. star wars is on tuesdays and the other two shows final fantasy and wizard world are on wednesdays so check those out all on robotsradio.net so yeah that that's about it for me so uh thank you for listening to the witcher lore cast and stay safe on the path Thank you for listening to The Witcher Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can find us on the Ben and Friends Podcasting Discord, where you can share your thoughts, comments, or even experiences with The Witcher Lore. You can also find us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast.